What's going on with dance and stuff? What's happening with dance and things? What's going on? What's happening? What's going on with dance and stuff? Mind Connection. Welcome to the Mind Connection, everyone. Welcome to our podcast called The Mind Connection. It's early. It's early. It's 8.30 a.m. I have to admit something. Go for it. Admit away. I was, um, I, um, scheduled to have gyro class at 10 a.m. Today, but it got canceled, so we don't even need to be recording oh, wow. this early. Okay, so I'll see you in a couple hours. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's good. Uh, I think it's, it got canceled. You know, that's too bad because I've been having lessons from Vanessa Knaus, and she's performing on Friday, uh-huh. on uh, Thursday, Friday and Saturday, or Thursday and Friday for Ellen Cornfield, a show I am going to on Friday. So she said, I'm trying to conserve my energy this week. Do you mind if we reschedule? I said, absolutely. absolutely. I'm still going to record at 8.30, though. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's at some point one just has to go forward with the schedule. Yeah, I did, I did get up around 7 to pee, and I thought, oh, I should text Jeremy and reschedule. For... <laughs> I was like, I uh-huh. feel tired, tired, tired. Yeah, I mean, I was a awa- I was awake either way, but I knew you'd be. It's fine, but I am feeling tired. Are you, you're drinking coffee? I'm drinking coffee. I'm feeling exhausted I'm feeling from immune to it. Oh dear. Well, our <laughs> our talk will pep you up, I think. Oh yeah, it always does. Well, let's. I think we sh- we we failed to oh, no. to talk about the passing of Gus Solomon's in the. In, I know we forgot. I, I do think this happened a few. Ago. Couple couple weeks ago, not a few. No, so. But yes. Oh, I'm sorry. Two, two, not three weeks ago. There we go. Certainly. There we go. Yes. So yes, Gus passed away, which is a big loss for the dance world, and someone who's been very present and supportive for a lot, a lot of us, and a big part of this community as teacher, mentor, mm-hmm. co-performer. Um. Uh, general, generally kind of like a cheerleader for so many of us. Gus was so present. A champion. Really a champion. And friend of this podcast, someone who came on and shared, you know, really important information about their life. And you can go back and there's two episodes with Gus. Um, and I went back and yeah. I listened to the two episodes and it was really... I, I pulled some clips that maybe I'll send to to you to see if there's anything worth putting on Instagram or something but um yeah I have written down episode 159 but it is like a two part episode yes yes 159 and 160 um but yeah it's a big loss for the dance world and also like you know I'm glad someone like Gus was able to live as long as he did I'm sure you know I don't know how long people want to live nowadays but um Totally. Yeah. What else is there to say, Jeremy? Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't really know. Yeah. I mean, I think, I, I feel like what really struck me was sort of the, yeah, the kind of something about aging and giving so much energy to this community. So much. I mean, someone who. Dance community. So. Really, really, really loves dance. And I am grateful that I got to perform with Gus in 2009. And I'm grateful that 
Was that Cunningham? What was it? It was um, a Christopher Williams piece called The Golden Legend. Okay. And, um, uh, yes, Gus played a saint who'd been beheaded. And I played a saint who got... You forgot. You fell asleep. I got... I got... (laughs) Yeah, I did. I got shot through the hand by an arrow... But I'm I was Saint Giles, but I can't I can't remember what I my story was really. Anyways, I got attacked. We all got killed. That everyone's got to die. Well, I think that was the whole thing about more of the story. Saints, like something saints. really bad had to happen to you. Yeah. Um. So, I also remember a few years ago, Stuart reached out and was like, "Oh, you know." Gus is giving a talk at the library. Do you want to go to it? And I thought, yes. So I went to the performing arts library and they had a lecture series that Gus was speaking on. And we went into this room uh, um, on the media floor of the library. And I'd never been in that particular room. It was a small room. And amongst a very small group of people, we watched Gus talk through his career and show incredible clips of um his choreographic career which I which I did not really know about and so I got mm-hmm. to see all these pieces that he'd made for dance space project etc and um it was so interesting to hear him wow. talk through his process of making dance and it was just like another layer to like my respect for Gus Solomon so I'm glad I'm really glad for that moment in time when I went and actually learned something about you know our that's our awesome. predecessors, which um, that's my message yeah. for everyone today. Go learn about your predecessors. Yeah, go to the library. Go to the library. Yes. Learn where we came from, please. Please learn where we came from. Oh, wow. um, which learning where we came from? I'm. I want to speak to that for a minute. Learning where we came. Great. From. I'm not. Sh- I'm not sure how please. or what I want to say, but. <laughs> I went to, because I've been feeling very disoriented now as like Hmm. school starting back essentially. And which means for me that like I'm back to work and going to performances and I'm kind of like, oh God, like the labor of (laughs) the labor of seeing performances in New York. And I, Mm. I went to a showing last week. Did I tell you about the, the, uh, yeah, nearly, nearly 90 and then Mark Morris, and then this week, uh, my friend Ethan Philbrick had a presentation at the kitchen, which is now housed at Westbeth. Um, did you know? Wow. Yeah. Wait. Yeah. So there's a renovation at the kitchen, so they have a temporary space in this beautiful loft at Westbeth, overlooking okay. the Hudson River. And so Ethan had an event there for his book called Group Works, um, which is, uh, I think, his his PhD writing. And I think it's about, um, you know, structures of collaboration and uh, both. I mean, I I, I haven't read it. All this is saying Mm -hmm. I haven't read the book, but. Um, it's a, it's a highly sort of academic text, but I, I'd like to read it and see if I can get through the dense language. But at any rate, last night there was a presentation and, and Ethan brought in a group of, 
of people to to be to make performances and it was Morgan Basakis, Niall Jones and Lauren Baxt, um, um, sorry, and at the end Fred Moten um, read while someone played sort of improvisatory standing bass. Oh, Mariana Valencia also had a, a contribution via a recording. And it was very, oh goodness, I would felt really challenged by the whole thing. And and I thought I thought why is this so difficult? Yes, it's the end of the day. Yes, I'm sitting on like a hard bench in a loft. I mean, the be- op- here was the kind of the most fantastic thing for me. The opening of the of the presentation, Ethan played cello and then read a bit from the book and a Carnival Cruise Line cruise ship went by behind yes. him in mm-hmm. as the sun set. And I thought this is absolutely surreal like to watch Mm. a small city float by (laughs) with low literally like with like with water slides on the it was crazy Mm. and um amazing talk about a group working you know Uh uh-huh uh-huh so anyways collaboration we call it collaboration huge amount of collaboration for for the people trying to run that ship so um I just felt like oh my like during the middle of I think Niall and Lauren's piece I turned to Stuart and I just said I'm going to see Ellen Cornfield dance on Friday who you know Ellen's like a Douglas Dunn adjacent kind of like she was in the Cunningham Company she makes like dances you know like uh-huh. and as we're watching like Niall and Lauren pour water through potted plants and then like onto one another like a waterfall I was like I feel like what as a is yeah what is what is what is anything and (laughs) and also simultaneously feeling kind of grateful to be in New York and, and, and be inside of this like challenging way of seeing dance but I was also like should I like what should I, I feel so crazy. Like maybe I just don't have the kind of like built up stamina for this right now. But I was really like, how am I going to do this? Like, how do I keep doing this? Like moving between these vernaculars Mm. and like making any sense of anything. Because I think it's why like at that Mark Morris show, I also was similarly kind of like, what is this? Like, just like it's constant questions and I can't sort of like sit back and like I just mm-hmm. want to sometimes let it in and enjoy it or like I don't know I don't know I don't want to be forced into like an incredibly like thoughtful experience every time it's fair it's the labor of viewership let me tell you what anyways yeah yeah <sighs> I mean but wait yeah go ahead I know we were going to talk about our predecessors. We're, yes, so that was that was the question. And I think that there's something there's there's like a through line there in terms of um Alan Corfield. Um well, and and sort of uh the the labor of researching oh, and looking back absolutely. and engaging with like material that go. might not make a lot of sense. Thank you. from our position, right? So um 
Yeah, but that there are also these, like, vast... I mean, this was sort of the heartbreak of the AIDS Oral History Project research, of, like, seeing this work that no one... Basically, no one knows about, and then going to see work that people are making that's, like, bad... Right. ...versions of, like, what there was... I see. 20, 40 years ago. Mm. It's, like, crazy. Um... And just the, the disjointed, disconnected, the lostness of all of this stuff. And like the, I mean, in the AIDS uh, version, you know, it's like people died and there was no one to carry forward a lot of culture that was built. So there's like that, that tragedy there. Uh, but also like downtown dance has its own it's so it's such a, a small circle that um it's it's just like this really small special thing that um you know my sort of picture of it is like is my own basically which is like people come from somewhere else and mm. discover this thing and i think that could also just be like psychologically you come from like the kind of generic larger culture and discover this like weird place of experimentation Mm. and like thoughtfulness Mm -hmm. or like attentiveness to kind of these strange uh, possibilities Mm. Um, and uh, how much engagement in sort of the history of that space is, is possible when life is going you know life is like especially in New York City, like the rush of just like survival and trying to make something Mm -hmm. and not become crushed by the burden of like a historical canon or whatever. Um, Yeah, it's a lot. And then, yeah, this like where dance can be uh, something more traditional, like a, you know, what we call dance dance, like bodies are moving and choreography or whatever. Um, Versus like, you know, we're watering a plant as a choreography. And then, like, what's going on? Right. Um, and as a viewer or as, like, a, a researcher or whatever, um, holding all of that or trying to, like, make sense of all of that. Um, and then, I don't know, like, my feeling is sort of, like, that in contrast to, like, a narrative movie or you know or like the news or you know something that's like more concrete and operates on this more mainstream kind of Mm. continuity right feeling right rather than this kind of break in in reality or whatever whatever kind of normalness yeah um, thing so yeah and I think as as we get older that like aging process is also um at play where it's like the labor of like getting to a performance Mm -hmm. and then how it kind of needs to be paid for by the performance is maybe not something that a lot of performance can actually take on that burden right and i I mean to to be honest like i i don't want to i don't want to show up having that expectation necessarily totally i mean i was yeah you don't want 
to be like forcing a work to overcome like a train like a bad train experience or right i mean i was grateful to be there amongst people i know and people who are just like really thinking about alternatives you know in performance and like that mm. always feels very encouraging to me to be in that space and at the same time i know it's going to require like um a more intense kind of way of absorbing uh material so mm-hmm. um i was grateful at the beginning of the show that ethan immediately said you know this show is going to be about 80 minutes long or someone someone said that and i said well mm-hmm. thank you and at that mm-hmm. point like to be honest i wish they would have started a countdown clock you know uh-huh. because then i'd been like i'm gonna hold you accountable like at 80 minutes which is already <laughs> like you're pushing me a little bit 80 minutes in this on this bench in this loft like then uh-huh. I think the totally, the light should go totally. out, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. they did not, and and Fred Moten was still going on. Um, honestly, okay, yeah. Everyone, the contributions, everyone were, in a way, tremendous. I mean, Niall and Lauren did this like completely disorienting thing. That absolute. There was a part where Lauren went over to a projector and started projecting this like looped scene from backstage at a Tina Turner and Ike concert where mm-hmm. Tina was like coaching them how to dance. Incredible. And she projected it onto the ceiling. So at first you're like, what is that? But you could hear it. And it was just like, there was no, not really a lot of words. It was mostly like, ah, 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 like that kind of stuff. And then mm-hmm. she slowly moved, moved it over to a, a wall and when then you really like understood what it was, and it was just this it's like yeah. this movement of this visual medium and feeling disoriented and then being brought into a space of understanding and then simultaneously like I mean it was just like there was a lot it was a lot it's hard to describe there was a lot to take in, and also this is also coming on the heels of like things that had already happened in the night and then having. Fred Moten right. follow it with like right. very intense text with this like insane improvised upright double bass sound happening I, I, by the end I was like I'm old I was like I can't I had to put my fingers in my ears you know what I mean I was <laughs> yeah, like like no it was a, no more it was really really a lot yeah. but anyways I'm I'm grateful to to be connected into this community where I even know things like this are happening you know? Right. Um, yeah. So anyways, that's my, I, I am going to Ellen Cornfield on Friday follow, and, and I am. Are you afraid? I, <laughs> I am going to Ellen Cornfield on Friday. And I am, no, Ellen Cornfield, I'm not afraid. I know what to expect. And um, many dancers that I admire and love will be performing in the show and that's great we mm-hmm. love and then on saturday i'm going to the beach birds show at rockaway park where they're doing cunningham's great. beach birds followed by a sarah mitchelson response um goodness uh-huh. <laughs> goodness, goodness goodness i thought i'd taken a break from watching performance i guess i had and so here i am don't understand how to do it <laughs> like, wait why am i doing this <sighs> Yeah, sometimes sometimes there just isn't room for it, uh-huh. and I think that's that's just like has that's okay. It's like 
some work isn't for us. Some work is. Some is for other people. Yeah. Some is for us at a different time in our lives and whatever. So. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's it's where like critique is such a like bizarre thing because it it really is like this is my experience of this thing in this one moment and like you know maybe I ate something bad or whatever before I saw it <laughs> right right Just or I like, wore the wrong shirt and I'm sweating in this weird totally. way and yeah yeah um at any rate it was I really I saw many loved ones last night and you know I was sitting next to Stuart and we had just spent the weekend up in the Berkshires with my friends Cassie and Jesse. Oh, great. And um, we went looking at houses again. Didn't work out. And um, I know. Did you have fun on Fire Island? So exhausted. Truly. Yeah, I had a really beautiful time on Fire Island. It was very nice. Where were you staying? It's just so... We're staying with a friend who has a share oh, okay. of like a, a Cherry Grove place. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was really... Now, is Cherry Grove and the Pines are different? Like, Cherry... What is Cherry Grove like? So Cherry Grove is the kind of more lesbian, uh, poor version. I see. (laughs) Which is, like, downtown dance. Exactly. To, like, the Pines, um, which is, like, Chelsea gays kind of vibe. Yeah. which, Which... I've really, like, only been to the pines like a few it's kind of midtown dance midtown uh-huh. midtown dance, mid-town dance. <laughs> um wait did i did, speak, speaking of midtown did i tell you i had um did i tell you did i tell you last week i had lunch with pam tanowitz you saw you said you saw pam i saw pam we went to the museum of art and design for lunch oh that's so Midtown. It was so yeah. Midtown because Pam now lives in Midtown. <laughs> we went to the Museum of Art and Design for lunch. We went into the cafe. It was, this is our experience. The doors open. I don't think I've ever been on that floor. And the doors open. We walk in. It you take looked, you take the elevator up to like four, four. And then the space I've been in that museum a lot is five, I think, which is where they have this like kind of multi-purpose right. theatery kind of yeah. thing. Multi-purpose room. Multi-purpose rooms. And so the cafe is exactly that room, but just like with tables and chairs and things. Yeah, and it that looked sense. the 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 decor is like imagine like luxury Dunkin' Donuts. Like it is okay, everything is, is so the accent colors disgusting. are are fluorescent <laughs> pink and orange, which is iconically Dunkin'. And we go to the to the hostess stand, and Pam goes, "Hi, do you have space for us?" And they go, "We do. We can seat you right away." And she looks at me. She goes, "It looks crazy in here." Let's <laughs> just <laughs> loudly because <laughs> <laughs> it did. And they seat us at the windows, and we had this incredible view of Columbus Circle. And yeah. then we ordered bizarre sounding That's food nice. that came and was absolutely disgusting. And was it like cucumber sandwiches? Um, it was in that... Like kind of flavorless... In that vein. Um, mushy thing. Yeah, we ordered yeah. some, like, watermelon gazpacho to get the show started, and That's it was right. absolutely revolting. And then it tasted <laughs> like... It tasted like sugar sugar soup. <laughs> I mean, it was bad. Oh, my God. And then there was something else that was okay. I mean, it was bad food, but it was, um... 
it was an experience and honestly in the middle of it even after acknowledging that the food was bad we were like we'd come here again just because yeah, it, because it's a such a great yeah scene. such a beautiful view like very calm there was an old man playing yeah. broadway show tunes on piano in the room in the room he was playing like phantom of the opera oh my god yeah but not singing just playing the song this is the weirdest kind of um yeah promotional he was playing like music of the night and then also like you fill up my senses john denver and it was yeah but go and like get a coffee or like a tea or something yeah oh wow it was weird anyways we saw in a little show about paper dresses that was down on a lower floor that was really fun apparently in the 60s there was or 60s 70s there was this movement to make like disposable clothes which like feels so crazy now but you could buy like a one dollar dress in a in an envelope and it didn't last but like it was a cute little novelty object that they could print anything on so it was kind of like fun Hmm. anyways there's a great little exhibition at the museum of art and design right now if anyone wants to go see some kooky a-line dresses Okay, so we're gonna talk about passages. You saw, but it? first, because we just because of that food thing, um, I think we should we'll go into food and then we'll go okay. into passages. So, I'm so excited to hear about your experience. Ding dong! Well, actually, I was cutting the grass, and I see Jack walking down the street with what looks like a KitchenAid stand mixer box. <laughs> thought, What's going on? <laughs> and part of what this like, so. I think this was after, was this after we recorded last week? We were talking about... Yes, we were just on the phone talking about it. And you were like, what color would you get? And then I, after we finished talking, I was like, oh, maybe I'm getting a stand mixer. Really? I was, I... Well, because I kind of thought I was going to get a stand mixer for my birthday. Oh. Um, which, from Jack. Oops. Um, which I kind of was like... I don't, that isn't a priority right now because we like. Yeah, you just spent a thousand million dollars on a house. <laughs> and our water still is, you know, whatever. So, um, so it didn't happen, which is like, you know, it's totally fine. Um, but here it comes walking down the street. But here's the thing. And I'm like, what the hell? In the middle of that chat we were having, I didn't know until like the middle of that chat that I wanted to do that. I was like, right. I was like, wait, I'm telling, I was like, Oh, you can... You're like, I'm rich. I was like... I'll just buy yeah, it. Yeah, well, <laughs> I was saying, like, oh, you can get them refurbished on KitchenAid, blah, blah, blah. And then I thought, in my mind, I was like, mm-hmm. I can get... I can get the KitchenAid for them. And then I... And then that's why I was like, what color would you get? <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, and then I went on the site... Matte Matt Black. And they had Matt Black in the, in the refurbished models, which is great. And so I just had it sent to you. And then I the horror of realizing it that it uh-huh. arrived the day you left for Fire Island. I was like, Fire oh Island, my yeah. God. But then... So our neighbor was... I don't know how... I don't know what happened. Did, I don't know. I, I don't know texted Jack and said... I, I was like, are you home? Because I saw on from my end that the, it had been delivered and there was a picture of it on your porch. I was like, well, I don't like that. So then um, I, uh-huh. I explained what had happened to Jack and uh, then they, they reached out to neighbors. Yes, our, our wonderful neighbor came and got it and protected it. I'm so glad. That's a heavy object then, to come and schlep around. 
I know, and I was like, did you carry this from the post office? Yeah. It's not that close. Um, but also our neighbor is not so close for carrying that around. So thank you, Jack. Um, and it is a, it's a dream. It really makes the kitchen feel like real in this way that I think it's like, kind of funny. Well, I mean, it um, really does do that. Like suddenly you're like, oh, yeah, I have like, a kitchen. Oh, here we are. Yeah. And it real, I'm so, I know, like, it it seems redundant to say, and, like, they're so ubiquitous at this point on, like, all cooking, television, etc., but, like, that's for a reason. Like, it is Mm -hmm. an incredibly useful object. I am shocked by sort of how simple and easy it is. It is nothing. It's literally... Because, like, the way that the attachments... Go on. You just kind of put them right in and put them right out. It, it's, it's it's just like gravity. It's archaic. <laughs> it's incredible. It's so great. And that's, I think that's part of the, 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 beauty, of the beauty and the success of it. That like, so it's, easy to clean. it's not digital. It's not like, they're not relying on like weird contraptions. Like it's made of mm-hmm. steel and you, it's like the same design as like an, a huge gigantic one that would be in a factory where you have to like, you know, have a friend help you lift the whisk onto the thing, you know, it's just like, <laughs> but it's just a miniature version. Yeah. It's so amazing. And then when you, it really is. Amazing. And you can just walk away and watch it whip your stuff better than you ever could have, you know? Yeah, it's great. It, I think in my mind, it was more in the realm of like the food processor, which I find so like, Oh no. Such a pain yeah. to, Assemble and use and clean. Oh, no. It's just like ugh. well, that's the other thing. The, this the, I'm like the ugh. cleaning of the KitchenAid is incredible. So easy. It's like nothing. It's literally nothing because the the, the 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 surfaces are all very simple. Right. So and then you just basically yeah. wash a bowl. I will be getting the uh, like uh, pasta attachment. Oh, there's so many weird attachments for the nose of the thing. Yeah, I need to look in. I don't really know about it, but. Um, so they even have, then I made the pash. I attempted, attempted. Oh, oh no. What were you going to say? I was going to say, they even have, um, like an ice cream maker for the front of the KitchenAid. They have meat grinder, pasta maker, everything. Anyways, go on. Oh, interesting. I attempted the passion fruit roll up cake. Okay. I'm so curious. Um, Wait, wait, wait. I just want to say, you sent me the image of your sheet of your sponge. Yeah, and I thought that looks really beautiful and also very pale. Thank very you. Pale. Oh, in, well, uh, yes, because you know, there's a note that's like, d- don't, don't overcook bake mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Okay, go on. To which? Okay, so this I is, have a lot of you know, problems. I'm with shaking this right now. I'm thri- This is thrilling for me. <laughs> I was, um, I I somewhat anticipated the experience of this in that. I was like, I feel like the way that Natasha cooks is idiosyncratic and might not be coming through great. Like, might not lend itself to recipes for others in the most... Like, I kind of, like... And maybe I even said this last week of, like... I think she's smarter, maybe smarter than everyone else and might be assuming that other people can do things that they can't. Or, like, know things that they right. don't. And that is what I feel in this recipe. Wait, and I just want to say, um, I just want to interject and say, this is coming from two people, you and me, who are 
I don't mean to toot our horns, but we're really good with our hands. Yeah, and following directions, I think... I'm not a baker. I would not... Like, I don't... No, but we're makers. But we make things, yeah. yes. Okay, go on. Um, but this definitely felt like um, like a like a test or a trick. Uh-huh. Or, you know, some kind of, like, um, challenge. And I also think that I pulled everything from my kitchen out to make this thing. <laughs> Like a million, you know, you can like separate the coconut milk into like three containers and like, there's like ingredients everywhere and, you know, I uh, also like bought things for this recipe, you, which I don't. You definitely you know, so. you have to buy things. Did you have, did you find passion um, fruit? I found passion fruit juice. Oh, okay. I yeah. did not. Oh, yeah. I know you said that. What did you use? Um, I made Just mango like, puree in the blender. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I think I kind of more than not had a similar experience to you, except I did not find it especially delicious in the end. Wait, but were you, did you, were you able to roll it? That's the part. No, absolutely not. Okay. So <laughs> did you, you got to the part where you spread the curd and then you, well, you have to soak the the sponge, right? Yeah. Which felt totally well, like, that the, to me seems maybe like the the mistake. The coconut milk universe of this feels well. Okay, so here's the thing: I had a whole coconut milk thing Uh-oh. because when I opened my coconut it was, milk, it was you like didn't have the fat on and, top. No, it was like ninety percent like solid. Oh, and I was like, this is weird. That is weird because I frequently use coconut milk, so. Sometimes there's, like, hardly any. Uh-oh. And sometimes, apparently, it's, like, 90%. So I was like, what am I doing? You know, what is... I bought two cans from two brands just in case. In case what? In case of that. In... There wasn't any? Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I, I bought two in case there wasn't fat on top. So I also bought coconut cream, because you can buy that in a can. Different product different product mm-hmm. but the way that this recipe is structured basically like there's no quantity for like this coconut cream mm. so basically what i ended up doing which i'm realizing uh basically so there's coconut cream that you put like on you like warm up and then leave at room temperature and then there's like two containers you separate out two containers of a hundred grams of coconut milk which basically there wasn't even that there wasn't enough, so basically I had to just use, I divided, two hundred grams of stuff. Wait 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 wait. wait. You know, let's go back. Let, wait let's go back for one second. Yeah. <laughs> the one can of coconut milk, for yes. me, provides the whatever's risen to the top. So you save you reserve mm-hmm. that for the soak, mm-hmm. and then. What's left in the can was plenty for the rest of the recipe. Did you use the entire contents of the co- can of coconut cream? Of coconut Not cream? even. See, so this is, this is the problem. This is what I assumed was the issue here. So basically, I did use it all because most of it was coconut cream. Oh, wow. You really... There was hardly any coconut milk. You did not have so, any milk. 
I didn't I didn't have a hundred grams of, of that's crazy milk. that's like that's I, half right, a can but I didn't know how to like adjust it so I basically assumed that we're going to use this whole can so if I take out 200 grams of coconut stuff the remainder will be what goes into the whipped cream so essentially my whipped cream didn't really work because there was t- too much coconut milk and it just like didn't work out so I had like a coke I had a whipped cream strangeness at the end caused by this lack of recipe uh, measurements mm. so that annoys me mm. okay um, and then you know they're just like design things that I didn't like where like the ingredients continue on to the next page that was really that was really which difficult is especially annoying in here because on the second page is the where you realize oh I have to make this other recipe first right so if you were just looking at this you'd be like oh okay right and didn't realize you literally have to turn a whole page to know that you have to go to the back of the book to make passion fruit curd before you even begin the recipe Uh that needs to be at room temperature yeah or I mean it ends up yeah I mean I I had done a (laughs) thorough read through before I before I began I had as well because I thought this is crazy but um, but just like, you know, just sort of design-wise, I thought that was kind of... And then, you know, this tip of try not to overbake the sponge. I'm like, well, then give me some more directions on how to know when it's done. Right, right. So I just sort of <clears throat> aired on like an under-baking Because mm, mm. like of your story. Um, and then I had some... There was some strangeness with like getting the sponge cake onto a... Where it ends up, which is basically on a on a, a kitchen towel that's lined mm-hmm. with plastic. Well, here's the thing. Very difficult. That whole Well, I was like, there's no way the sponge cake is going to slide oh, no. onto it. It doesn't slide. So basically it, it required I like basically had to go back in reverse. Absolutely. Flip oh. the thing back over, flip it over, and then flip it over. We again. had exactly the same experience. Yes. Because so by the time I did that, I was like the cake the cake is, is ruined. The cake is ruined. In distress. Right. The yes. cake has... The integrity of the cake has been <laughs> compromised. Um, no, I... Literally exactly the same thing happened to me where I was like, wait a minute. So I've... Slide. The cake has come out. I flipped the cake. The cake has to go onto a towel with saran wrap, but it doesn't slide. But I did eventually, after all that, understand exactly what I should have done. Absolutely. Which is turn the cake over, put the saran wrap and the towel saran on wrap. it kitchen towel flip Ford, it over flip and now it. it's on exactly. it thank you that should have been in the rest in Shabam. the directions but she says literally slide the cake slide i'm like i Natasha, was so pooped going back and being like slide are you no joking? possible way slide slide honey slide the cake so by the time i'd gotten the cake onto the saran wrap kitchen towel there was i'm sure there was fractures i mean but Yes, it, same same here. I was like, well, this is not boating well. No, and I think really that the key is that it has to not have cracks. <laughs> yes, and then so what happened with me, there was a whole scenario around this whipped cream thing. Uh-oh. Because, so basically you like make whipped cream with mascarpone. Mascarpone. A mascarpone. <laughs> mascarpone. Uh and that was fine. They're great, beautiful. I was like, thank you, Stan Mixer. I love, love. you. You're obsessed. You're gorgeous. 
elegant. And then you add this coconut, this like coconut cream of however much the can supplies, I guess. <laughs> and like vanilla. Uh -huh. And then you whip it again. Uh -huh. So at that point, my whipped cream was like, no ma'am, we're not doing this. Oh, your whipped cream deflated. Yes, it was like, and then uh, someone suggested putting it in the fridge. And so, which I did, and, it, and that didn't really work. It did like, and I tried adding a little more. Okay, so other things that annoyed me, like a little, like there's like a little bit of, of whipping cream left in this carton. A very annoying. Annoying. An annoying amount. So I threw the rest of that in to try to get it to yeah. re-engage. Mm. Mm -hmm. And like a little bit of mascarpone left. I'm like, what are we doing? Did it, it, like it re-engage? No. Huh, that is curious. It didn't taste good either, so. My, my whipped cream, I, it did go to a place of slightly over whipped, so I added a little bit of extra cream just to like bring it back to, it, yeah, yeah, to like something smooth. Um, but that was not as much, though I didn't have that issue with the coconut and vanilla. Somehow it was okay. Yeah. Oh. Well, because you added much less. That's what we learned. Oh my God. I'm sorry. I keep yes. forgetting that you had this like we learned this. disastrous I had this can. whole can nightmare. Uh, anyway, we're like really in the weeds on this recipe. She but, has uh, to get quantities <laughs> of the coconut cream. Everything needs a quantity. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's crazy. Everything. I mean, even know. I, who had mm -hmm. like probably best case scenario can of coconut milk, the the whole like putting together of this thing was kooky, lukey, and absolutely <laughs> in the rolling. I was like, well, I guess when I like start rolling this, it's just going to be magical. I, I also felt like there was way too much curd. Way. Did you have that? Absolutely. I was like, what? I was like, there should this be just like well, a... It's going to squish, squish. It, there should be just a spread of it, just to like... Then also, here's the thing. I bet she just does just put kind of a spread of it. I guarantee it. But she doesn't even explain to you... Men's warehouse. ...how much of the completed recipe of curd to use in the roll. She just says a recipe of the stuff. So you're like... Well, all of it? So you, Oh, you know what? What? It does say one cup. Are you serious? One cup. Wait. It does? One cup passion fruit and olive oil curd. Oh, shit. I didn't see that. Neither did I. That's like half of it, maybe. I think that's why things really went awry. <laughs> because I think... Let me see. Fill and roll. Spread the passion fruit curd over but the wait, 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 surface. In the ingredients list, it says... In the ingredients list, it says one cup. Fuck. Yeah. So, but by the time you get there, you've made that, like, hours ago. <laughs> one cup. So, that should be reiterated in the, in the direction. Spread the one like, cup. Uh-huh. Spread one cup of the passion fruit Shit. Wow, Jeremy. Wow. We both missed that. So, you know. I guess I just uh, discovered what happened. Mm -hmm. Okay. We did it. Look. We I'll that. make it again. So it's I'll make it again. Yeah. I'm going to make it again. I will not because I don't really... I sort of got sick trying to figure out tasting this thing, like what I felt about it, because I didn't care about it. Yeah. Um. I And I, I you made it with mango, and I think... I, cause I like this, 
the kind of soft mushiness of the whole the thing. Very like, soft. This is, this is why I like don't like cake. Oh, really? I like very much. soft cake. I like like a pudding or like a, but I'm like, why am I making a cake if I'm gonna end up with a pudding? Well, that's the thing. But, I think part of the charm of it was like <laughs> that it would have been a cute little roll slice, and you just said, "Oh, look at my sure, lovely sure. soft roll." But because but I don't think flavor wise. There's, I don't, I like, I want like distinct, like the fact that we were putting coconut milk in everything. I was like, I want there to be a, a differentiation between these materials. Like, I see. It's just like soft stuff with soft stuff with soft stuff mm. without anything. Like I actually didn't taste the curd either. I, before I made the thing, which was insane. Oh, it was del- um, the, actually the mango curd that I made was with the olive oil, delicious. Well, here's the thing. Oh, yeah, is it? Because there's, there's grapeseed oil in the cake itself. Uh-huh. Is it olive? I don't remember. No, the cake in has, the curd, a, the cake has a neutral oil, like grapeseed, but the, the, the curd is olive oil. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I I was not um, happy. Yeah, no, I was just... Let's just say. But guess what? I'm going to do it again. So, I'm going to do it again. Well, work, bitch. Oh, I hope you can find passion fruit. Like, <sighs> I don't know what passion fruit season is. I guess I'll look that up. Well, but there's juice and... Hey, why know, couldn't I find places. it? I went to a number of shops to be like, where's your... You know those, like, Sarah's fruit... Yeah, Sarah's... Yeah. C-E-R-E-S. Yeah, I couldn't find it. Yeah, that's what I got. Um, anyway, wow, I feel like we really alienated a lot of people talking about I don't this care. Sort of cake experience, but like, I don't um, care. go, go make it <coughs> and then you'll, um, you'll know more. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So that's that. But that's not a ringing really endorsement for Natasha Pickowitz's baking book. I don't know. Um, <laughs> well, there again, like, I think. At any rate, there are a lot of, like, really incredible ideas and, like, things going on in this book. Yeah. Um, definitely, like... I definitely hesitate to make anything else, oh. but I'm going to. I, w- I um, want to make her charred, some charred like citrus a... wedding cake. Maybe just, like, a little version of it. From the video. Yeah, from the New York Times. I've been suggested to make the fennel seeds squiggles, which are, like, oh. cookie, uh-huh. a cookie-looking uh-huh. thing. I'm not sure. Also... Anyway, okay, so... Okay, here we go. What are we talking about now? Passages. Oh, passages. Can I say one more food thing? Yeah, absolutely. New York Times this week had Vaughn, who's used to be, like, one of their... Vaughn makes mac and cheese. Vaughn makes mac and cheese. And Vaughn used to just be, like, a video person for them, but now is on camera because he's so cute. And Vaughn made uh, a New York Times recipe for mac and cheese. Incredibly simple recipe. Sort of like the smitten, oh, smitten, smitten kitchen recipe, but you just dump everything into um, a dish and put it in the oven. There's no like Gorge. making a bechamel or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And then he like goes through using viewer, um, com- you know, recipe commenters to like try different options, and um, it was great. So once it gets cold, mm-hmm. I I think that's great. I think that the the these videos with like comments and variations engaging with that is really smart. So when it gets cold, I'm going to try. I'm going to try that. Okay, anyways, go on, Passages. Here we go. Um, okay, Passages, the new film by Iris Sachs. Um, I love that. 
I, I love would go see this movie absolutely. again. And you know why I would go see it again? Not because it's sexy. Well, it, it's it is sexy. It is the perhaps the most stylish movie I've ever laid my eyes on. It is very stylish. Clothing, interiors, it doesn't get better than this. And talk about collaboration. Talk about collaboration. Who the people who did the art direction and the clothing on this movie should win all the awards. If we're looking at yeah. contemporary style, I'm like, yes, honey. It's really interesting to me because I feel like um, like the production design actually is pretty... Uh, I found it to be pretty like subtle. Mm-hmm. The costume design is its own movie in this movie. It's the each... Each, it like has its own universe. Each garment is a character. Like every garment yes. in this movie is like meaningful, strange, beautiful, yeah. amazing, and like they recur in this way where you're like, abs- mm-hmm. abs- mm-hmm. where you understand that like the they're sim- symbolic of their character, and it feels real. Where you're like, yes, these these like people mm-hmm. have like an interest in style and clothing so they have like special pieces yeah. and they repeat them in these different organizations you know so like you see the the strange sheer crop top mm-hmm. with these pants and then mm-hmm. you see it paired mm-hmm. with a sh- you see it under this other thing you see it under the sheer sweater oh my god gorgeous heaven gorgeous <laughs> it's it's really because i th- i think um we're well, I kind of want to give a little spoiler of, like, a recap of this Absolutely. movie. Absolutely. That's how we, um, the only way we can talk through it. Like, for me, the only way to talk about this movie is as a French film. Okay. Like, this is a French film. This is, like, a film that I think is good because of, like, a tradition of French films, which are about, like, affairs. Is Iris Sachs French? No. Oh. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm sure he's American. But he made a French film. Um, yeah, I mean, I think he might live in France. Oh. This is also the story, kind of like a, an alternative version of his story. Oh. Which I think is kind of typical of his movies. He is a gay man who has a has children with this woman. Oh. And I don't know, I don't know if he's if he's the one who's sort of has sex with this woman or what. All these children, or maybe they just exactly, but there's yeah, maybe, he's, maybe he supplies dynamic. the seeds, yeah. Well, whatever. If this is the scenario, there was like a you know, a romance there's or an a affair moment, or whatever yeah. with the woman. So basically, the, the general premise of this movie is um, movie starts, you hear the sounds of I don't, I didn't know that it was like the making of a film yeah. that we were on a yeah, set, on a for set. A film from the sound, but we hear sound then over black. And then we see a scene of like a kind of, from well, how I read it was like a kind of Berlin, absolutely forties, uh, Weimar, bad kind of movie set. Yep, like a kind of bad gay movie. It's cab, it's basically. cabaret, but cabaret, but make it twenty twenty two. And then we find this director being awful to this actor who can't walk down the stairs properly yeah so like like, he's like why can't you just just walk from like literally this this performer being on screen for 20 seconds you're like i hate you and i absolutely know who you are Uh and uh think you're like we're clear we got it 
So then the movie wraps and we're at a wrap party and we find um, this woman who's played by Adele, like Zach Galopoulos, um, who played opposite of Leia Seydoux and Blue is the Warmest Color. This is right, yes. She's absolutely gorgeous. She's sitting amongst some pe- some people and basically is breaking up with this guy. Really, really like, cute guy. Like, I don't want to do this right now, but like, I don't want to, I'm not going home with you. Yeah. And then she, like, gets up and goes to the bar where we see Ben Wisha. Yeah. And he's, like... And he says something, like, you know... I don't know. I don't know. About, like, witnessing... Having just witnessed, like, this breakup and... Oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And then Ben... Are you okay Ben, or ben says what I just yeah. said, which is, like, he's really cute. I'm like, yeah, he's really Oh, yes. Cute. That's right. That's right. Which is a kind of a weird thing to say to someone who's just... I mean, I deeply but, relate. I would have been, like... Mm-hmm. Well, she's fully in control, and it seems like... Yeah. You know, she's not heartbroken or anything. Yeah. Um, and then when the director comes over and we find out that Ben Wishaw is married to this director. Yeah. And Ben Wishaw is like a bit of a wet blanket and is like, I don't want to dance. Yeah. And the director's like, this is my party for my movie. Uh. Yeah. And then she's like the, uh, what is, I don't know, a debt or a doctor. What is her Agat. name? So the woman like is Agatha. like, Agatha. Yeah, Agat. Uh, is like I'll dance with yeah. you. So they go dance, and then Ben Wishaw's like, "I'm gonna leave." And then basically, yeah. they end up going back to this like after party and in an apartment. The and hideous, the hideous film directors wearing this beautiful sheer black sweater. Which all this to say, this whole movie's about knits. It's this whole movie's about knits. Okay, go on. Uh, so then this affair happens, and um, he basically stays out all night, and then gets home, which. So at this point, I find this movie, like, really compelling and interesting in terms of, like, what the audience is projecting into the scenario. Mm-hmm. Because I'm like, well, we don't we don't know if this is an open relationship with his husband. So, like, we don't know really, like, how dramatic this right. is. Ben, like, is this a problem? Ben, ben is annoyed. It does seem clear that Ben kind of has some experience dealing with this character, dealing with his husband, who is horrible. And yeah, <laughs> the husband comes in and is like, well, "Hi, yeah. I'm home, and and I had a great time, and also I had sex with a woman." Yes, and I think for me the the kind of the first moment of seeing into this relationship is when the director character says like, "Oh, I should have called." Uh huh. Like mistakes, like the. The having sex with a woman really isn't the mis- like a problem. Isn't the mistake? Mm-hmm. It's the like, it's the, it's the kind of giving over your life to some a sh- like random person, and kind of sacrificing your partner. Mm-hmm. So like, oh, I'm not coming home. Thanks, great, whatever. Yeah. Um, and then it basic basically he like falls in love with the falls in, falls in love with this woman. With Agat, with beautiful um, young Agat. Who's a gr- like a great character who kind of stands on her own. Yeah, she's great. Because um, you never really feel like she needs this relationship in this way. I mean, she's the only person in this movie that I'd really like want to spend any time with. I mean, she's also like the only French. That's person, right. Really, she's the only. That's why she's the only one who knows how to handle this kind of like complicated triangle. Whereas the other two are just so thoughtless and horrible. Well, yes, I, I think that's well. They're everyone's kind of 
selfish to an extent. I mean, the on a I think the director's the most selfish and sort of unaware. It's disgusting. And, um, I mean, I think the moral of this the story is like <coughs> communicate and like think about other people. Yeah, you can kind of have a lot more. He doesn't think about anybody. And if you don't, then you can't have anything. Right. He thinks about nobody except himself, and he manipulates every situation to like basically to meet his immediate immediate passion. needs exactly his like his yeah. like base impulses and like that scene where he like shows up at the apartment and ben is like with the writer and the gorge i mean the most gorgeous person. the gorgeous <laughs> kind of like based like sort of oh, grounded okay. writer also the whole story okay the story of the red robe this the story of the red robe i knew it so we first meet the okay the first time we meet the red robe is kind of weird for me because he has underwear on under it, and that that struck me as weird. But I think we do learn that the the robe is very sheer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it kind of makes more sense yeah. as we learn more about it. But uh, the robe also, is like a a lady's piece of lingerie, and Ben Wishaw wears mm-hmm. it in the house, and then when when the directors sort of more or less out of the picture he never is because he's you know a pest um he is the cent- the director is the central character yes that we're following but but, but we do see other people's right when ben well. shacks up yeah. with the gorgeous writer then you see at some point the writer is now taken to wearing the robe mm-hmm. at home and you're like wow and this is like also a central fascination for me of this movie which is like the way that femininity and and gender-ish roles play out because I was quite shocked when Ben Wishaw was topping this director but it it made sense because um the director I think came back for that I think he was like I'm sick of like having to be you know what is the word there's passive partner in the who (laughs) Mm. I don't don't know an interesting question because you don't really want it to be like the aggressive I don't even I don't know about sex Um, protagonist but you know the top he's the top so I think he, like, came back home to be like, I just, I want to get fucked. Because, like, he wasn't. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. I mean, I, I was, because we get this, like, much more feminine, the Ben Wishaw character, which, like, I was actually really, like, inspired by. Beautiful. I was like, oh, this is, like, so beautiful. And yes, I mean, I think for me, there was also a sense of like Frenchness to it, um, of just like a kind of beautiful feminine, uh, way of moving that I really love. Yes. And then, so I was like also thrilled by this, that like you, you, this movie projecting this image of like, you can be the, this like feminine person and also top. Absolutely. Crazy ass. Everything at once. Yeah. Yeah, that shot of the sex from the back and seeing, like, Ben's spine and the way that it, like... So good. Yeah, it was very beautiful. The sex scenes are, I thought, were all... Excellent. excellent. Yeah, even the, like, the messy ones between Agat and the hideous director. Yeah, I mean, I love the scene 
where he like fingers her and it's just like about her yeah. and because there was this straight co- I mean I was in like a theater of like eight people and they were like all straight couples seemingly but there's this couple in front of me and I just like I had like these projections of him being like oh you could do that uh-huh. and her being like why doesn't he, he yeah. why doesn't this guy do this um but like there there's something like was like femininely caring about him in that mm. dynamic of like actually not because she kind of says something of like this is all about you like this is just you're saying you love me because like to get what you want yeah like is it like you don't love i don't really exist for you mm. so it is a scene where there's like some kind of like sh- a different dynamic in yeah that, but um, and then there are these apartments. Her apartment is wild. And well, like, she lives in like seem very a rich. contemporary architect apartment with like a lot of glass, all the like very precious MoMA kinds of things in the kitchen and mm-hmm. um, the tile. Which tile? Did you see that tile? Where? She has this incredible white tile that has like. They're like, I guess, basically what ends up being two different kinds of tile. There's like a, a kind of a X based tile and then a curved oh, I have to circle. Go, and it kind of makes these hourglass. I have to go back and see this. Things I have to see it again. When they're next to each other. It's in the bathroom and it's in the kitchen, okay. I think, as well. Um, yeah, shit like that. That's just like. Amazing. This is gorgeous. And Thank you. Ben and the hideous guy's apartment. Um, absolutely amazing i was like god i'm uh, the color the yellow color blocking the oh red pink couch I, stuff. I got home and i thought i'm so basic i was like after seeing their beautiful apartment it's watching really ben wishaw cook in that kitchen was hysterical i was like you've never cut an onion i was like that knife is gonna kill you aval your kitchen is a set <laughs> well the kitchen i mean that's a, like a wild kitchen because it looks like an ancient and this is like part of like parisian absolutely absolutely uh, like where like there's like ancient stuff and there's like you know glass tables i mean look i believed Um, every tiny little detail of everything i was like yeah that is that is the mm -hmm. like knife that person would cut with and that is the surface on which they would cut and this is the food they would eat you know like i was like absolutely all of this um wait how about the mom Incredible. So this is this is um, so the important. parents. We get to meet the parents of Agat. Uh, Agat, and because they're so Agat becomes gets pregnant. Whoops. And we we find out that Ben Wishaw character has always wanted a child. Um. So there's like this. That's kind of like the big drama force of this thing, uh-huh. and I actually think it's the central kind of. It's why Agat, for me it's why Agat is a school teacher. There's not, there's like a big question of children in this movie, yeah. like. Like you can kind of do whatever you want until children get involved. Well, that's the then thing. Then you actually have to take care of other people. I was done with this person from the first ten seconds of the movie. I mean, except it's like the director. Yeah, except it was a pleasure to kind of like watch them destroy worlds. But when he walked into that school, I was like, "You're done." I was like, "You have to leave forever." uh-huh that's so good that's really amazing i mean but okay as like a movie though 
I found him incredible to watch. Oh, amazing. I, like, loved him. I wasn't like, I need to get, like, away from this Well, person, just projecting thing. into my own life, I was like, I would... I wouldn't be able to engage with this person for even more than three seconds because I hate them so much. That's right. But That's right. this person looks like a gorgeous baby German Joaquin Phoenix. They an incredible... <laughs> yes, yep. absolutely. Very Joaquin Phoenix. Beautiful body. Mm-hmm. Like, very, like... Al- you kind of understand why people are destroying their lives for yeah. him. You're like, yeah, I kind of get it. Well, people aren't really destroying their lives, but they are, like, yes, please... Thank well, you. they're putting their kind of, like, emotional well-being in jeopardy by being in proximity to this person. Yeah, well, the Ben Wishaw character, which I loved, the like, he, he like, is, I don't know, runs this screen printing place that is so great. Gorgeous. I, I loved all of that. Gorgeous. Like, it felt so grounded and, like, this is real. Like, those people coming looking at in the colors, like, looking at the prints. Oh, the and, colors like, look great. And, Absolutely. And then he has that, like, weird little conversation with that guy who's like, are you going to be here when I get back? Like, I'm going away for two weeks or whatever. Like, I love that little... There was no reason really yeah. for it to be in no. the movie in a way, but, like, it was just... It built this kind of depth of these spaces being real. Yeah. Um, Anyway, um, yeah, so Agat has these incredible parents, and we find out she's a school teacher. Mm-hmm. Because we, we, I didn't realize, I didn't, I didn't know she worked on the movie, <coughs> because she's at this rap party, but you kind of realize that her boyfriend, we did know that, like, the guy she was dating was working on the movie. Yeah. Um, from, like, the first few seconds of the movie. Um, so we find out she's a school teacher, we get, we get, like, a glimpse of her in the classroom, and... Um, but basically we meet her parents there's a dinner that's set up where they will meet uh, the director character and the director character is late because I assume he's being an asshole having some thing with the husband I assume Um, and then um, the parents have already been they confront him and they've been prepped They've they've been explained and the father doesn't speak English no or apparently German, you know. Yeah. So, um, so the mother's kind of translating and and basically kind of grilling him yeah. with like, "What are you gonna like? How are you gonna take care of this child and our daughter?" And well, stuff. and the and he's basically like, "I can't confirm that." Right. He's like, "Well, I don't. I can't predict the I future." Can't prove it. And like, I you know, I'm. I'll. I guess I'll. I can't tell you I'm gonna do a good job, but like, I want to. And then the the breaking point comes when the mom basically says, like, and are you going to continue sleeping with men? You know, basically, like, she brings up the fact that he also sleeps with men as if it's, you know, a bad thing. I mean, I think that's well, how he, that's, that's how he interprets she brings it. Up, she brings up that he was married. To a man. Right. So, like, he's had, he's broken a kind of vow to someone else. Right. You know, whether, you know. Whether the, the like gayness or homo, homosexuality of it is like a factor, I kind of, I didn't feel like I didn't that was either. But, I think that she, I um, don't think that it was such a big deal to her. I'm sure it like played some part for her in terms of the her language in the scene, but of course he uses it as a way to be like, I'm not even, I'm not engaging with this, like, right. And she's she's certainly they are certainly projecting a kind of uppityness 
in the whole scenario. Well, the mom is like, so clear. Like, she's like, no, I'm sorry. You have to engage with this. Oh, she's like... But also, when he comes in looking, wearing, like, the a... The crop top. The famous the cro- crop like, top. Like, sheer crop top with, like, I don't know, leopard pants. I don't know what he's wearing at that point, but he looks crazy. Like, the amazing. most and crazy she he's looked. is like, oh, my God. Yeah. Like, they, there is this, like, they give each other these looks that's, like the fuck did are we getting into yep um but i thought i thought that scene was great in that like i was sort of on both sides but i at the end of the day you can't prove anything in that moment but you actually can make an attempt and that is like kind of the beginning of proving it that's true like do you care or not do you care enough to even like try to make the parents of your you know partner um assured that you're going to take care of right their family because yes is and he's like no is it tedious <laughs> to have these people come and be like are you gonna test are you to take care of our daughter of course however all you have to do is be congenial you know and just be like sure yeah like i'm gonna get along with you and then we can yeah. we can have some kind of like ugh some kind of like rapport at least but he was just like so hard he's hideous he's a hideous narcissist. like how he's basically like how dare you ask me to prove anything absolutely he's a horrible narcissist that's, that's a pretty you're like well i guess that's my answer thank you yeah um anyway so basically what ends up happening is like a god gets an abortion well because basically they go away to their country house, house in the right. country and oh right, that was the like director. That was like their their attempt at polyamory. Kind of has another affair in a way with the husband with his, uh, you know, ex husband or whoever, whatever you know. There's you know, the timeline of this is sort of. Um, and I have to say, way, this is when I. It's like end of. This is when I turned yeah. on Ben Wishaw, who was like, kind of, pretending to well, be a sort of like. A, you know morally superior person in the movie and being like i you know like you can't go around caring about two people and this you know whatever and then they're making this attempt and then right next door to agat ben's like yeah let's fuck let's make actually a lot of noise while we do it and i'm like now you're complicit in like breaking the heart of this young woman next door you know e- yes but i think it's i think it that's sort of like more how these things because you know it's sort of like the fantasy of continuity of like oh we could continue to be married and like whatever maybe this could be kind of i can imagine that taking over and kind of but yes it is a moment where the ben wishaw character also discards this other right because he's being it's rude i'm like okay so like you can Operate. Well, she's also pregnant. Yeah, you in the you're, other room. you can operate in under this new structure that like you're all three gonna try to like share this partner and like raise a child, whatever. But you have to be be polite about it. You can't just like be grotesque and like remind your right, pregnant right. girlfriend that like you're fucking next door. I was like, this is yeah. Also, you could invite her over. Absolutely, invite Excuse her. Excuse me. Um, I have to plug this machine. So that's the moment. That's um, the moment where she's like, "I gotta get out of this." She's like, "This isn't gonna work." Yes. So basically, we flip back to like the men being married, 
and um, and then they're gonna go to the film festival. Part of yeah, so the part of this is like the films being edited that, that was being, and now it's like going to a festival. The part, wait, wait, and their ego things of like, oh, there was a bad screening, and then there was a good screening. Right, his moods, his moods shift. Every his whole mood is completely reliant on like how much people like his movie, and like when when they yeah. like it, he like wants to give love and be loved, and ugh, yeah. he's hard, ugh, different, yeah. So. Basically, Ben and Wishaw is like, I'm going to go meet, you know, we just are in a scene where they're, he, where Ben is meeting with a god character. And, having lunch. Um, and I don't really, I don't know why exactly, um, but then he has this gift, which is like a little baby's, you know, I'm sure some like perfectly gorgeous Absolutely perfect. sweater. In a gorgeous, perfect you know, He's box like, that's incredibly soft. With a per- perfect ribbon, the whole thing. And she's like, oh, he didn't tell you. And Can you believe it? She's like, no, I had an abortion. So this is sometime later, and like she's had an abortion, and the hideous director didn't tell his husband, who was like excited to still have like a baby, because like he wants to have a baby. Yeah. So he's like, this is like a really kind of wild scene to me of like Ben Wishaw having these, like basically starting to cry. <laughs> And, like, mourning the loss of this child that was both his and not his. And, you know, this really... And she's, like, ice cold. Yeah. And just, like, no. She's, like, I cannot let these people in. This is done. And then Ben Wishaw goes home and is, like, this is over. I'm going to make soup. I'm not going to Venice. Absolutely. Ciao. I'm going to make soup. And that's when, in his tuxedo? Because he's trying on the tuxedo? Is that when he runs out of the house and goes to the school? Yeah. Yeah. So then he goes to the school, which... Yeah, so... Now I'm thinking back, like... So was she, she must have been, like, on a lunch break and then goes back to work or something. Um, but yeah, he goes to the class. So we get... To, we're in the classroom again with these with these kids that we've seen before. It's, like, very, very cute. And, uh, yeah, he gets, like, comes in and she's like, okay, let's go into the hall and... She's like, no. He's like, go, because he's like, come to Venice with me. Can you believe it? He's disgusting. <laughs> Literally. What a my other My other friend won't come with me. You come with me now. Oh, my <laughs> God. <laughs> and then I'm so yeah. glad I got, had really, she put up a really strong wall. She was like, I'm not mm-hmm. dealing with you anymore. Nope. And it's like, you have to go. And leaves him in the hall. He, like, falls to the floor and, like. And then this amazing woman who you only see from the back. Incredible. You have to leave this building. First you hear her voice. It's just like down the hall. You hear, you know. Actually, it's kind of our position as a viewer. It's kind of where this woman is. And she's like, you have to leave. You can't be in this building. You can't be here. And then slow. It's like a long shot. Yeah. And then you see her. gets up. And then she starts like, you can hear. You start to hear her coming into frame. Kind of cha- like, is walking. Yeah, she as she walks leaving. him out. Ugh, incredible. And then we have a another great bicycling. There are these kind of great traffic. There's that scene where he's driving and he like runs through a red right, light. Right, where you think which this feels someone's very, gonna die. Like, what the character is? Yeah, yeah. chaos. How do they even do this? Yeah. It's crazy. And we get this, and he's he's been bicycling through the city in different scenes as well. So we get this incredible like. 
sequence of just like traveling through the city with his bicycle and he has this great costume because he's wearing like the fur coat that we've seen yes earlier over this tuxedo yes and this tuxedo that is truly like a part of the conversation of like how does this look and it looks ridiculous and it's just the costumes are i can't say enough good things about them i really can't because and they they do a lot of work they do so like they really like give us so much character where i think without them because there's a lot of there's like a lot of plot in a short movie it's a short film Mm. i was like work i'm out of this theater by now already um so I think without those incredible the depth that the char- that the characters are given by the costumes, I think it would have been hard to care about yeah. or know things about the costumes. Characters. Just so. say so much, like at every moment, and like they're so detailed, and they're mm-hmm. so also grounded while being Wild. apparent. Yeah, very apparent. Yeah, and there's also just there's like. I I think they give a lot of humor to the movie as totally. well. Totally. Where you're just like you see the character wearing a thing and it's hold it, like laugh out loud. It's cr- um, crazy, but also they're not like knowing these kinds of people. You're like these aren't actually they're cr- crazy. Yeah, they're, they're correct. Cr- you have like a movie director. Yes. They're all. Uh, I mean, so he gets the most like insane things. <clears throat> this like ego, maniacal. <laughs> yeah. And uh, torture. And Ben Wishaw is like the uh, the very precious gay who's working for the like fancy printing press mm-hmm. place. Just so. Of course, he's so. wearing like chiffon blouses with pussy bows, and you know, like yeah, it's right. It's mm-hmm. correct. Yeah. Uh, and then the the last shot is like a a freeze frame, which for me was like another like, uh, reference to like French cinema. Mm-hmm. Like we start the movie with like um it being a there's a movie movie about a you know a movie making a movie about a movie um, and then this like whole affair thing and um but what i really loved is you know so like for me there's like a reference to like french new wave french film tradition whatever but it it doesn't feel like an like a new wave film or something like that where kind of like the style of the film and the experimentation kind of takes over um uh, I, I i thought it was like a huge pleasure to watch I was I was so annoyed and so elated the whole time I was like Mm. because you never really get any relief from this horrible man until the scene at the table with Ben and Agat talking about the abortion well I was really fascinated by like the the question of like an open relationship and what are what are what are the actual problems? Mm. And for me, it was it was sort of always about communication. Uh-huh. Like, it's always about what he's not saying. Because there's a scene where a guy has been making dinner. Oh, yeah. And it's what that director character is, like, refusing to say. Mm-hmm. Like, the whole... They could have, like, all been, like, one big happy family if, like, they had communicated about right. what was going I on. I do think that Ben like, and a guy were kind of they would have been able to perhaps accomplish that structure in some way or whatever but he was never going to help Mm. facilitate that as like the center of this weird linear relationship 
Yeah, and I think that there's a question of like if the if the kind of tension of the secrecy and the affairness was also not crucial to his caring about these other Completely. people. Completely. You know? So I love when the like Ben's kind of temporary boyfriend is like, he's gonna ruin everything. Like you mark yeah. my words. And I'm like, well, so we hope that they end up back together and Agat finds some great guy and yeah. his director remains alone forever. I actually hope that Ben doesn't end up being with the gorgeous writer because I know. He we he do think that doesn't like, deserve him. The writer is probably too good. For yeah, him. he is. Look, Ben's been through trauma because he actually like somehow ended up in a relationship with this disgusting person. So that's right. Yeah, there's something that's also right. wrong so with Ben know. that he would do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But my goodness, what a beautiful, beautiful, I can't say it enough times, beautiful film it is. Something to feast your eyes on. And in a, in a not particularly loud way, but it's just exquisite. Yeah, it's really, it is, it's a, it's a really good film. I, I did, I was like, Pam, you need to go see this movie. She's like, yeah, I saw it two weeks ago. It's great. Yeah. Loved it. We all loved it. We all, everyone loved it. Um. Yeah, and I think the, the like, the, sh- I don't know, I, I'm curious for, like, straight people experience of this movie. I saw it with a great audience at um, IFC, and we were all laughing, laughing, laughing. I mean... I I did feel like I was the only one laughing in this movie. Oh, we were... I did laugh a lot. Um, and it was just part of, like, the pleasure of, like, the whole... Thing. Oh my god! We had a lot of people guffawing at that That's director's fine. bad behavior. That. People would be like, "Ah, oh! uh-huh. yeah. it was great. We had a fun. We had a blast." Um, gosh, I haven't. Um, feels like there's nothing on um, t- t- <clears throat> television, but something. Oh, I mean, there must have been another episode. Oh, there was like that. It's one where Aiden, Aiden oh, cried like god. a baby, and I thought, no, 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 no. Oh my, I don't even remember that part, but I do remember, I half watched this entire scene because I just couldn't bear it. <clears throat> um, the the Stanford joined a mo- monastery. Hilarious. Insane. Why can't they what just say doing? he's dead? We don't even need to talk about it anymore. Nobody cares. This is not, no. Also, like, this other character, whatever his name is, doesn't need to be on the show. Mr. Italy? This whole, like, topping, bottoming age thing I think is is true sure it's like uh, as we saw what I liked in this movie of like dispelling sort of those gender roles or whatever but <clears throat> um that whole thing is I know crazy, I, but, I don't I don't uh, I don't like I don't like Mario Cantone as a as a on camera performer it's mm-hmm. not interesting to me I don't either yeah, but um, the plot with Aiden's kid getting in a car accident and then him, like... Oh, right. <coughs> excuse me. Being in the airport parking lot or whatever, the hospital parking lot, sobbing into mm-hmm. the phone, being like, I should have been here. I'm like, this is not grounded at all. I'm like, this is like your son broke his arm and, like, got into some trouble, which seems absolutely normal for, like, a Virginia 14-year-old. Absolutely. It's also about, like differentiating away from your parents like it's just part of like being a teenager yeah now it's gonna like ruin the relationship between Carrie and Aiden or something I'm like no I'm sorry this 14 year old cannot disrupt this series I can't 
Mm-mm. Enough with these no. kids. Or I, no more children. No, it's more of Michael Patrick King being like, children destroy everything. Yeah, and they do. Um, what else? <laughs> um, Something came <clears throat> out yesterday that I want to watch. I oh, mean, this is so long. The new, the new Star long. Wars thing with Rosario Dawson just came out that I kind of want to watch. Oh, okay. I don't know about it. She plays, like, a, a, a Jedi who, like, <clears throat> lives in the woods and has, like, weird, like, snakes coming out of her head. Mm-mm. I hate that. I hate snakes. Well, they're not snakes. They're just, like, that. weird, wobbly that. things. I don't like okay. it. <laughs> Tentacles. Um, Tentacles. That's a better word for it. There is that Iris Sachs movie on... You should definitely watch it on Criterion called The Delta. Okay. Now I definitely will, because now I'm obsessed. Yeah. Really? It's just the... Yeah, and those are the only two movies I've seen of his, and I really like them. I saw that really sad one about drug addiction. I don't know. It was based on, like, a real story or something, but um, it was really depressing. My God. Um, Oh, and I I just came across this article with the costume designer um, of Passages. I think it's a conversation between Iris Sachs and where uh, Khadija Zagai Khadija. I'm not sure how the name is pronounced. where is this but I'll put it in the show notes I'll send it to, to you to read yeah I haven't read it I just saw it and very curious about it um I think that's enough for it's like hour right. and 20 really minutes. really wow because we love that, that movie cake and that cake and that cake goodness. wrecked our lives and also do you have your tickets more than cake everybody do you have your tickets <laughs> to friend frequent friend of the podcast Russell Jansen's retirement performance on September 24th oh wow yeah it's happening wow. it's coming right up wow We're ta- did you say September 24th that's right in one month exactly one month wow congrats congratulations Russell Jansen congrats. on a beautiful career that yeah Gorgeous. anyways We'll have Russell yeah. back on to talk through it a bit, maybe after. Oh, I love that. Yeah, yeah afterwards. Yeah. Oh. Okay, great. Until next week, we love you. We absolutely love you. Bye. Bye.